Welcome to Rise and Thrive Show, the podcast all about finding our way through life's challenges so we can enjoy more peace and joy in our lives no matter what's going on. Right, Mary? Oh, that's what we want. That's what we want. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with my friend and mentor, Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hi, Mary. Well, you know, today we're talking about what you call the most difficult but most rewarding aspect of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. and that is forgiving yourself. That's right. The most important task of all. Right. So we all fall short. And I think you've said this too. Often people cruelly punish themselves for errors or mistakes. We beat ourselves up mercilessly. Yeah. Yeah. So learning how to meet yourself with mercy is important for your growth and your health and your sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So I think in the olden days, um, people were sort of rewarded for feeling a little guilty, a little ashamed, a little unworthy, a little mm-hmm. like a bad person. I mm-hmm. mean, the old paradigm of, you know, original sin and mm-hmm. all of the way that I was raised, you were sort of like uh, seen as a good person if you felt bad oh, about okay. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. My 95-year-old mother-in-law is, um, you know, uh, from the old world. Uh, she said all the time, she'd say, I feel so bad. I feel bad about that. Yeah. Oh, no, I felt so bad. She says it all the time, like salt and pepper, you know. <laughs> she puts it in the conversation so that you know she's a good person because she felt bad okay. about, <laughs> about this thing, this, like, you know, mild, mild human error sort of yeah. thing or whatever. I don't know. So, anyway. Well, that's the, and that's part of what we're getting at here because when, we, when you run a workshop, and I, I've been there, and in a people are getting ready to forgive someone else or they're forgiving a life situation, inevitably somebody will raise their hand and they'll say, what if the person you need to forgive is yourself? They say it really delicately yeah. and embarrassed. And it's, it's the question in the room and on Friday night, you know, you know, there's a heaviness with that question. There's yeah. a, there's a, uh, achiness with that question, a poignant question, like, oh, what if you just feel really bad about yourself? How do you forgive yourself? So I usually end up addressing it on Friday night and saying, yes, we're all going to get to do that. We're all going to get to have some relief about yourself. But it's not going to happen until Sunday afternoon because mm. we have to build up the muscles for it. We have to get ready. We have to make sure there's enough understanding around forgiveness. There's enough connection, connectivity with the soul and with spirit. And that there's enough love in the room and safety in the room that we can all go there. Because it's really a, you know, people feel very, very badly about themselves sometimes. Yeah. Not everyone, but people who grew up, at least the, you know, one third of people that grew up in, um, dysfunctional, mm-hmm. unattached situations where they weren't really being lovingly parented. Um, there's a lot of pain and shame with that. that well, and they may have, healing. somebody may have made an error. They, you know, Sure, you made they, a big mistake. or Yeah, or you, maybe they hurt somebody. Maybe they hurt somebody, whether they meant to or not, or uh, plans that they made fell through and they don't know what to do with themselves now. And, yeah. Uh, or, you know, somebody left you, somebody you thought was there for you, changed and, and turned away from you, and, mm-hmm. and you question yourself. You wonder, what, you know, what did I, something I did? Did I really do that? Yeah. Yeah, so there's just a lot of incidents in life where um, we need to bring ourselves to the, to the reset, to the refreshing um, new experience of going, 
okay, I see. I see that it is okay. And this is kind of God's point of view. And God's point of view, I think, is it's okay. Mm. God's point of view is just blanket, ongoing, uh, ever-present, evanescent forgiveness towards all of the human children that we are. But we uh, don't know that. We Mm. think, oh, you know, I I really need to improve. I really shouldn't have done that. I should feel bad forever. And, you know, it's uh, self-forgiveness is a nice discovery process. We discover how the higher self views the personal self and it's with great patience and great compassion mm. and even a sense of humor <laughs> yeah so okay i'm thinking about forgiveness and you define forgiveness as releasing an expectation that's causing you to suffer mm-hmm. and so how and self-forgiveness is that uh-huh. and it is also a step further self-forgiveness is the uh, relief and the experience that comes when we get a glimpse of our human self the way God views us. Mm. And in that moment, in that glimpse of the way God views us, that shadow just melts out of us. It just it just it's gone. Like, nice. oh, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like it it can shift for you in 5 minutes where up until that moment you felt just really really bad about something and you yeah. thought it was wrong and you'd never stop feeling bad about how wrong it was. Well, and it it might have been wrong. It was wrong, <laughs> right? Um Yeah. And yet you kind of lay it down, you speak out your remorse, you speak out your you your bad feelings, you have a little cry, you ask spirit for help, you um make yourself open and available for teaching and new insight. Mm-hmm. And then you follow into this process into kind of a higher uh, a visit to the higher consciousness state where you then see it differently. You mm-hmm. see it through the eyes of God. You see it like, oh, I see, I see. And you're able to grant the um, energy of forgiveness to yourself. And you're able to take in a new thought about how you're okay and how you go forward. Mm. You have to be there. Let me just say, I'm yeah. talking about this, but it's su- it's a super powerful experiential moment yeah. that we can court with the self-forgiveness exercise. Right. Sometimes we have that moment spontaneously in life where we stumble into that space where we feel forgiven and it yeah. is such a relief and wonderful but it is a, it is truly an experiential thing we're trying to put into words right here right and, and the essence of it is um i think in the same way that we have just love and tenderness towards a frustrated toddler who's trying to learn how to walk and they keep falling down and crying mm-hmm. eventually i think that's how we are as we are in our human lives struggling to master our our tasks and our lessons and falling down and bumping our noses on the edge of the table on the way down and crying and God lifts us up and says, come here, darling, come here. You're okay. You're good. Let me hug you. Let me help you. Yeah. Let's try that again. That's really how it is. I think you describe it really well, Mary. And I I think back to before I'd met you, before I learned these steps, how to forgive, and, and that there was a process. I think some of the things that maybe I did probably need self-forgiveness around, I, w- I would just avoid because it was so painful to even think about yeah, it. Yeah, to feel know? the shame of it. Yeah. Yeah, to feel the deep embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, um, well, I did. I did a self forgiveness uh, with you in a group not that long ago, and it was something that I hadn't. I hadn't realized it had been bothering me as much as it was. But it was that same thing. It was like I avoided it because I was embarrassed. I felt ashamed, and I'll share a little bit about it. It was. Years ago, of course, like they're all years ago, but I had an elderly friend, and she had uh, lost her daughter, tragically, actually it was her daughter-in-law, to a suicide. Mm. And it was kind of a big public thing, and it was in the newspaper, and because I was friends with her and her husband, um, they received me visiting them in this time of their tragedy. And... The thing was that I was so young and I was in my having my own trouble with just different things going on. I was distraught. I was not contained in my emotions. And when I visited her, I, I was not comforting. I mm. was in need of comfort. Mm. And, you know, that's immature. And it, it, You were young and needy instead yeah. of the wise ministering yes. person you could be today. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, you know, the meeting with her... I. It, it just sort of ended, and I, I had this sense that I had handled it poorly and didn't really fully recognize. But I, it was one of those cringe. Like, I would think of it, and I would just cringe. Yeah. You're like, oh, I did that. So over the years, I, I worked with it enough within myself to try to improve. And, you know, you learn how to be more, how to give to somebody who's suffering and, and how to put your needs aside and give. And I actually had an experience where it came back around and a neighbor had lost her daughter to suicide. Mm. Mm. And the other people in our cul-de-sac, the other women that were there, they, they came to me and they were like, you have to call her. You have to check in on her. And I was like, oh gosh. You and are I, going to be our voice. Exactly. They were like, I can't do it. And and I thought, okay, you know, this I'm being asked to do this, I will do it. And I was able to, to call her. Her husband answered the phone, and I was just about to ask how she was doing, and immediately he handed the phone over to her. And there I was, and I was able to find myself, you know, to be to be a, a kinder, more compassionate person mm-hmm. and focus on her. It's interesting that the group kind of pushed you forward. I know. And asked you to be a conduit for the community, sympathy. Yeah. And how that was kind of a nice do-over for you. It, it was. It was a do-over, and I could see the growth. The thing is, I hadn't. I still hadn't let myself off the hook for my earlier mm-hmm. mistakes. But let me just butt in yes. before you say anything more and say, let's just give you a little bit of compassion this minute okay. because nobody knows what to say know. around suicide. It's awful. There's just not the right thing yeah. to say. There's hardly at all anything the right thing to say. Okay. So most people go into comforting the relatives of a suicide and and feel like they trip all over their feet and say the wrong thing. Yeah. And, you know, with with my friend who is elderly, I really, I don't think I ever saw her in person again after that. So it kind of was this thing that just was in the background that, it just bothered me. So I'm in the workshop. It's self-forgiveness. It dawns on me that that's what I'm supposed to do. And I went through the steps of it and it was painful. But when I got to the part where you're opening up and trying to uh, see yourself the way God sees you. I, these new ideas came in mm. that I had that had never occurred to me before. <laughs> it just never had occurred to me, and 
basically the message for me was, you know, she understood that you were young and immature and inexperienced. Oh. <laughs> and she, she could she see had that. compassion for right. you. She didn't want to be around you in that right. moment. But, you know. But she didn't she, hold it against you that you were cl- clumsy and yeah. and not able to be yeah. that helpful. And and the thing that also came in is she was a psychologist. She had set up a um, a psychology health clinic in the 40s for, for young people. Like she knew how much we struggle when mm. we're young and trying to figure mm-hmm. this out. And I got to that she actually probably would appreciate how my path has continued, how I've, you know, found that you That she'd Mary. actually like to know about you again. She yeah. didn't write you off she, because you had that clumsy moment. Yeah, and of course oh. she's long, long passed on, but... I felt I felt renewed about it, and I felt like I think she would really appreciate what we're doing with mm-hmm. our podcast and how this would go. And it just it completely turned something around. That for is me. beautiful. Thanks. So you kind of got to complete that relationship yeah. with her, yeah, in unconditional love. I I really did, and I feel really good about it. And I'm so glad I knew her. I'm so glad I met her. And so you tapped into the love she had for you. Mm. You tapped into the love God has for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unconditional. It di- it's not conditional on you saying the right thing being, or doing being the right, older yeah. than you were yeah. or anything. It's yeah. just there. It's well, just there for you. And it makes sense. I mean, we all, we're human beings. We're human. We're flawed. We're here. We're here to learn. We're mm-hmm. not perfect. We are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, can we face those mistakes and actually learn and grow? Or are we so horrified at our mistakes that we never want to go there again? That we're going to kind of have part of us remain curled up in a ball. Exactly. Saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that So that is how I have come to love and embrace self-forgiveness in a way that before I, you, ooh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a lovely story. Mm, thanks. Okay, well, I want to I wanna turn the corner on this a little bit so we can help people understand more about self-forgiveness. And, mm-hmm. you know, even when you, when someone maybe has done something bad to you and it's really, it's their error, their mistake, their it's infraction. It's on them, as we say these days. It's on them. But there's often a, a side to that that we we still have to heal that is with self-forgiveness, right? I mean, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of stories just have both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bad story. It ended badly. Two people walked away hurt. And you have this need to forgive that other person. And you have this need to forgive yourself. And some people feel like they can't, that it's more natural for them to go to one side of the coin and then to the other, and others do yeah. it the other way. But yeah. I think usually both things are called for. You know, like we have uh, a lot of stories in the air right now about sexual abuse and sexual harassment and predation and victimization and all of that thing. And I think in that whole story, which is all sorts of, you know, iterations, large and small, both sides of the coin, we, we don't want to ever blame the victim, but mm-hmm. the victim blames herself. Mm-hmm. She blames herself when she's been tricked or lured or overcome or disempowered and she didn't see it coming and it happened. And um, so there's like that that wrong that the other person did to her. Mm-hmm. And then there's that feeling of like, how did I get in that situation? Mm-hmm. How did I not stop that? Why did I not leave then? Why did I drink too much? Why did, you know, and there's this self-blame too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important in some of those stories to make sure that we really clean house 
of both sides of things. So we can let the story be done. Mm-hmm. And so we can take whatever we learned in that situation and go forward with more wisdom and power. And yeah. and it's not um, dragging behind us anymore. Well, so, and I'm, I'm imagining in what you're talking about with, with these victim predator stories of large and small that on the other side too that there that could actually be an area that is really important for somebody who's done something maybe they've harassed or maybe they've they've done something and it really doesn't match the public image of who everyone thinks they are Mm -hmm. they might experience just enormous self-loathing and just and defense mechanisms yeah. and weird behaviors just trying to keep a lid on this strange part of themselves yeah. that they don't even understand. Yeah. It's not easy being a person, I is know. it, Erin? It it's just not. isn't. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we just we just can't help what happened. Yeah. We did our very best. Like my husband was um, running a small business, mm, I don't know, long, 25 more years ago. And he worked... As hard as anyone has ever worked, he he made all his best guesses about how to take this business forward, and it still failed. Mm-hmm. It went belly up, bankrupt. Everyone, you know, seventeen, eighteen employees had to be let go. He had to close the doors. He was in he was in debt. He couldn't pay his um, suppliers, and he was mortified because he's really an honorable man, and uh, he had built. That business on his sense of being an honorable man and being trustworthy and and very much relational in mm-hmm. all of his dealings yeah. with with um, you know his suppliers and oh he was he was horrified that he couldn't uh, pay back people he was horrified that he had to fire people and that uh, that we had bankruptcy then mm-hmm. on our record. Uh, and, you know, it was like it was just like a triple whammy for a a man of great dignity and honor to mm-hmm. walk with. And um, you know, you, looking back on it, you, you can say, "Well, I made a mistake here. I made a mistake there, but they weren't killer mistakes, mm-hmm. either one of them." Uh, and then the market changed in yeah. this way, and then a competitor moved in to the environment and took over a lot of our territory. So there was like a handful of things. There was four or five or six things that happened all at once. Uh, and he didn't know this, you know, and he didn't have enough connections for that. So it gets like name six things that yeah. caused that. But in the end, he has to just say, I failed. Yeah, I failed. The business failed in all practical terms. It failed. It went yeah. bankrupt. I owed money. It's on my record, et cetera. It failed. Um, and I have to still be with myself. I still have to love right. myself. And he and he's not a person who fails often. He's you know, mm. he's just a really excellent person, real real hardworking and detail oriented and perfectionistic. And for him to just have a failure mm-hmm. and move forward and look people in the eye was such a big deal. Was such mm. a great big deal. But he experienced in that time a great deal of unexpected mercy and compassion and kindness mm. from the the people around uh, the situation, and I think in the end it was good for him. He, yeah. you know, he he turned it into part of his his knowing, you know, in his life story. Oh well, and that's available to anyone who's willing to do the work. I think so. 
I think that we are surprisingly kind if we really look at um, what's available all around us most of the time. And uh, we only really get it when we're in these times of loss or um, failure or um, uh, hardship. And I want to just I want to share this poem about kindness because it seems, seems apropos when we're thinking about the human situation and mm. uh, how self-forgiveness is often um, something we're struggling with when what we really need is kindness. This is by Naomi Shihab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop, the passengers eating mice and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, It is I you have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. Mm. That's really beautiful, Mary. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I think uh, we've covered a lot of really helpful terrain mm-hmm. in this discussion it's around It's the deep self- stuff when you're talking yeah. about self-forgiveness. It really, it's really is. really close to home. Yeah. So I'd like to invite our listeners, if there's a question you have or a comment you'd like to make on this show, go to our Facebook page at Rise and Thrive Show, or go ahead and send us an email. You can send it to Erin at com or Mary at com. And if you go to our website, you can also find other ways to connect with us. That is riseandthriveshow.com. Um, also, please leave us a rating and a review at Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. That will help other people discover us. Thanks and we so like much. to know you're out there listening. We do. We like it's to really know. nice for us. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Daniel Zamzow, our sound engineer. And thank you, Mary Hayes Greco. I'm Erin Warhol. And I'm Mary. So glad you joined us. You just keep that